from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, host of The Ken Coleman Show, and author of the number one best-selling book, Paycheck to Purpose, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Allison is in Boston, Mass. Hey, Allison, how are you? Hi, good afternoon. Afternoon, what's up? I'm calling because I have um, been able to save in the last three years um, where I'm about 20000 short of paying off my house. Wow, way and, to go. Uh, thank you. I have that money sitting in an online savings account earning about 4.5%, mm-hmm. and my mortgage is 4%. Um, so it's pretty much close to the to the interest that I'm paying. However, I am a single mom, so I'm very um, disciplined at saving this money, mm-hmm. and it's kind of been like a buffer for me, whereas I know I'm not going to touch it. I also have um, an emergency fund, and I'm completely debt-free. How much so is in your emergency fund? Um, about 8000 What do you make? I make about seventy-three. Okay, and how much is and in the, how much is in the uh, pay off the house account? Um, about seventy, and I have money in a four hundred one k that I'm not going to touch. Right, you're not, and um, not if I can stop you. And <laughs> and um, all right, and, and so you have seventy thousand in savings plus eight thousand in savings plus a four hundred one k, and that's it. Yes. And how much do you owe on your home? I owe about 89, um, maybe the payoff is like 90. Okay. One more time. What'd you say you make? Um, well, I was making 65. I'm going to be making about 73. I'm taking a promotion. No oh, good for you. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Um, how old are your kiddos? I'm sorry. How old are your children? They're both over the age of 18. Oh, okay. So you're a single mom, but not one that has to pay for people's food. Correct. The youngest <laughs> one just turned 18. Okay. Or not much of the food anyway. All right. Okay. There, um, all right. So here, here's what I know. How old are you? I'm 48. Okay. When you're 68, what's going to make you the wealthiest? That's the way I answer the question. Which of these moves helps you become the wealthiest 20 years from today? Okay. Well, from listening to you, I know about all the millionaires that you've studied. They, they pay off their house. Um, they don't, you know, take that money and invest it. Correct. I am still also, um, for the last year, I've been paying double on my principal. Mm-hmm. And um, you're, you're a frugal person. Yeah, they and call me Google Fanny. And you're a self and you're a self dinner and you're self disciplined as well. And p- yes. part of that comes from just the fact that as a single mom, when the kiddos were little, you probably lived through some times that were terrifying. Absolutely. And that makes you forever frugal. That was your Great Depression. Like my grandpa was in the Great Depression, it terrified him. So he pulled nails out, straightened them, and put them in a coffee can the rest of his life. You know what I'm talking about, <laughs> right? That's yes. you, that's you, yeah. but you're just because you're a single mom. I have that same thing because I went bankrupt when I was 28. We lost everything. It terrified my wife. 
and she never she still our refrigerator to this day is so freaking full of leftovers it choke a horse you know and it has nothing to do with anything because the, the food's so good and it shouldn't go to waste look we're not broke anymore all right but anyways we all have these scars and they manifest themselves in our lives these ways so very interesting see here i am complaining on the radio but anyway the um uh uh so what would i do in your shit i don't think your emergency fund is large enough mm-hmm. okay i think i want to move seven thousand that had been on my emergency month i'm sorry funds, by the way what now that had been all of my emergency funds i've just been oh you just got lumped yeah. together i know but i'm you, you said you had eight thousand in your emergency fund so Correct. i'm gonna I'm move at least seven over there i think i'm gonna move 12 over there because I'm because I, I I you know there's a part of you that's terrified sometimes so I want you to have twenty thousand okay okay so twenty thousand and that means we don't have seventy it means we've got fifty eight and we owe eighty something right correct so how quick can you knock down thirty if we throw that fifty eight at the mortgage well ideally I w- I wanted to have the home I've I've been in there 10 years. I wanted it paid off before 15. I um, started doing triple towards yeah. the principal. I mean, if, if, if you, how quickly can you pay off the 30,000 remaining balance if we throw 58 at it today? Probably in less than a year. I, that'd be pretty tight. You're sure you are frugal, Fanny. Okay. I'm right. with you. I am. I'm with you. All right. So why wouldn't we do that? Sit with 20 in the emergency fund, throw the rest of it at it, and re- knock the rest out in 12 months. So one year from today, we're going to celebrate Halloween with a paid-for house. Hmm. Real scary, because I'll tell you, I, the momentum of looking at that money and knowing that I just won't touch it is... is you know what? I know you also the momentum of looking towards one year so. from today is and being 100% free for the rest of your life. Right. You got to do this, girl. <laughs> you got to do it. It's going to work. It's going to work. Okay. We're not leaving you broke. Okay. You got 20 grand and you're not going to touch it. Yeah. And you you know, I know. That, I, and we're sitting there with no savings. It scares you a little bit, right? That's what you're saying. Is that, is that fear correct. not going to motivate you to pay this house off even faster? Say that again. Is the, if we use this money and you only have 20,000 in the emergency fund, and that makes you a little bit scared, right? Correct. Does that fear, that little bit scared, not motivate you even more than your normal frugal self to get the house paid off fast? I, think, I don't know because I have momentum right now. I think I you have. I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna raise the probability that the house is paid off because that fear is gonna drive you a little bit more in a healthy way. If I thought it was gonna paralyze you or terrify you, I wouldn't do it. I'd traumatize you. I wouldn't do it. But I think it's a healthy fear. Like, get out of the road, you're going to get hit by a car fear. That's a good fear. And I, I, I'm, if I'm you, that's what I'm doing. You do whatever you want to do. You call me. Yeah, I, I want to suggest something. I would, su- I would suggest that you just get out a, a pen and paper and begin to sketch out what you think the worst-case scenarios are. Why the 70 matters. S- 70 matters so much. 58 now, because I moved 12 58. And I would just play with this, because I think what's going on is, is I think she might find that, huh, 20,000 makes me feel very good. I like Dave's plan. She might go, you know what? This could happen, this could happen, this could happen. So it's about 30. Okay, fine. Yeah. We're fine with that. And do 48. Yeah. But I and think take, that's the exercise. 15, take 15 months. Yeah. yeah. I don't think she's thought through the tangible fears and how much money she'd need to get back up on her feet because that's what we mean by emergency. It's got to be a full blown 
dumpster fire by which we have to touch the emergency fund. And she said multiple times, I'd never touch it. I'd never touch it. She so never what would it make you there, touch it? Even when there's an emergency, she doesn't touch it. So I'd like her to do that exercise. I think she'd feel better about it. Yeah, write it out by hand. Don't type it. Write it with yeah. a pencil. Yeah. This is The Ramsey Show. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Our question of the day is brought to you by Neighborly, your hub for home services. When you need to make repairs, schedule routine maintenance, or get local help for home improvement projects, go to neighborly.com slash Ramsey, your source to find and schedule reliable home service providers in your area. Today's question comes from Bethany in Arizona. I have a question about my current employment. I've been in healthcare for 29 years and have worked my way from staff x-ray tech to director of radiology. Along the way, I have completed an associate's degree in radiology, a bachelor's in radiology management, and I'm currently working on my MBA in operations and supply chain. I've been struggling with my current role and took Ken Coleman's career assessment, which showed that I am ultimately in the wrong role in the wrong place. I'm being offered a travel technologist uh, technologist position rather that doubles my income, but, of course, that is a step backwards in position. Travel medical personnel do not have permanent positions, and my husband currently has a medical issue that will prevent him to work for the foreseeable future. Am I committing career suicide? Uh, no, I don't think it's that dramatic. I think you have options. There's a lot going on here in this question, Bethany. Um, so if you believe that, that our assessment helped you realize you're doing the wrong thing, radiology, in the wrong place, that speaks to culture the company itself or maybe the opportunity within the organization meaning you don't have a ladder um, then i don't mind the travel technologist position because it doubles your income and i don't see that as going backwards i understand from a status standpoint in radiology and you've been in this certain field for it looks like 29 years so in this case i actually would consider i'm not that telling you to do it but i'd consider it for two reasons number one we're going to double our income and doubling our income gives us options. More mm -hmm. money, more margin gives me and you options. I like that. Secondly, I think it's a nice bridge. Uh, for a season, you're traveling, you're stacking up the money. Your husband's got some long-term health issues, so the more money, more freedom seems to be in line with that health issue as well. And what I would be doing is, if I know I'm doing the wrong thing in the wrong place, I'm taking this season where I'm traveling, getting paid very, very well, to figure out what is my next move. And so from that standpoint, I unequivocally uh, disagree that you would be committing career suicide. In fact, this type of change, Dave, that has the benefit of more money and still keeping stability as she transitions, I actually think it's a good move mentally, not just financially. So, Ken, I'm um, such a planner. If I saw this move as a way to get me to where I really ultimately want to be, mm -hmm. which is, in other words, I'm going to take some, I'm ultimately not going to be in radiology, it sounds right. like. That's right? right. I'm ultimately going to be maybe, uh, she's working on uh, ops and supply chain. Yeah, it feels maybe, like maybe, there's a direction. Maybe she's there. moving into logistics, okay, yep. uh, or whatever. Uh, but let's say, okay, five years from today, I want to land in a new encore Take a bow after the first act, mm -hmm. come out, do the second act, mm -hmm. career, mm -hmm. an encore career 
that is solid and, and it's not going to be travel. This is not a permanent That's decision. Correct. Radiology, though, is not that location. Mm-hmm. If you're going back to radiology, it could hurt you. Absolutely would. But it doesn't sound like we're saying that. It sounds like we're no. going in a different direction. But the more you know that this is a stepping stone to the new place, the more you know this is not career suicide. Correct. Yeah, not at all, because this is a nice transition. You know, because you know, it's not like you—it's not like you went backwards or you were unemployed for a certain amount of time. There's no stain by making this move. But I think the clarity, the clear, the the HD high definition detail mm-hmm. of the future place to land, yep. drawn out. I know exactly what I've got to do to get there. Yep. And for two years, I'm going to do travel, and then I'm going to land there. Yep. The more you've got that clarified in your mind, the that's less terrifying right. this move is. That's exactly right. So if that's vague. Then it's, there's, there's a lot of anxiety it's with It's a bridge this. to nowhere. It, there we go. And so in this case, the bridge that I'm talking about is, all right, I'm finishing up my MBA. I've got to make some connections in this, this world of supply chain or operations. And I'm not enjoying where I am. I'm stuck. Let me tell you what I know, Dave, about just humans in general. If we're unhappy, it's very hard to be clear. It just is. You're focusing on all these negative emotions. It's hard to have great perspective. If you know you are in the wrong role in the wrong place and you have an opportunity to get out of the wrong role in the wrong place, I think a fresh start gives me fresh perspective. My emotions are better. I'm thinking clearly. I'm feeling confidently. And that's how we go, all right, what is my next path? And I think that if she knows that she wants to move, to your point, into another certain direction, we know we're going to go here, uh, then I love this move if she needs to uh, spend more time getting qualified. And it feels like she's got to get qualified and connected here. Stage two and three. I've got seven stages we unpack in Paycheck to Purpose. Mm-hmm. Getting clear is stage one. That's that where do I want to be? Stage two mm-hmm. is I got to get qualified. While I'm getting qualified, I'm getting connected so that I can get started. And this is an, a potential bridge. Mm-hmm. It's hard to say without having her on the phone. But this is not suicide. No, it's not suicide. Particularly, it's less and less and less suicide when the the clear other end of the bridge is resting on something other than radiology. Correct. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Here's the cool, and I don't know, she said her husband has a medical issue preventing him to work for the foreseeable future. I wonder if he can travel. If he could go with her and you guys go stack some cash this could just be, uh, mm-hmm. you know, this is a, a, a midlife honeymoon. This is a, a, a yes. an adventure, a two-year adventure. We're gonna. This is better than backpacking Europe when you're 19. I mean, this is going to be fun. Y'all go see the world and hang out and yep. and stack some cash and then land the bridge and come back and both of you I get agree. back in gear again. I agree. And even more so because he's not going to be working, the additional income really gives us less stress on the finances too. And again, hard to think clearly when you're dealing with the fog of frustration or the fog of debt. Well, it's turning loose of 29 years of investment into something by saying and grieving it, saying I'm not going back yeah, there. That's right. That's that's uh, that's what makes you think it's suicide. I might go back. I might need to go back. I might need to go back. You don't need to go back. Yeah. You don't no. need to go back there. You're gonna stack cash. And you're going to land on the other side of the bridge over in logistics or somewhere else that you clearly outlined. That's very cool. Good advice, Ken. Patty's in Omaha, Nebraska. Hi, Patty. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Dave. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Uh, well, the the question I have is I'm buying another house, um, and I have some money in a Roth, and I want, I, but I do have a HELOC that I've gotten ready. Uh, I'm selling my house. It was going to be that HELOC was going to just be a bridge loan. But now with the market slowing down, I'm a little worried about that. 
So I do have $111,000 in my Roth. I always never wanted to touch that, but I think maybe I should just use the Roth money rather than HELOC money, and I wanted your opinion on that. How old are you? 69. How much is in your total nest egg? I just got married in July, and um, together we're doing pretty good. He sold his house, got 260 for that, so we've got that going towards the new house, so we got um, that money towards that, and then my house is worth another 250 if we can get it sold, but like I said, the market is slowing down. And on top of that, you know, I've got, we've got a good income. We make about, we've got about 30000 in savings on top of that. You don't have and any then, other nest you know, egg other than this Roth? Um, I mean, I have my, my retirement fund that I get off, and there's six. No, but I mean, I, nest egg, money, investments. Uh, other, you other don't have any, you have $30,000 uh, to your name after you buy this house. Um, well, I, and I don't think, I mean, I think we have some investments. We have some stocks. How much? And then, of course, uh, well, let me see. He's got about 20000 in stocks. But okay. so you're not counting my mutual fund, my retirement fund that I get that. I mean, there's six hundred thousand in that. That's oh, I thought you. Was, I thought you were talking about you're getting a retirement pension. You're saying no, you have no, a four. No, you're no, saying I, you have a four hundred one k or four hundred three b with six hundred thousand in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That makes I'm a difference. Okay. okay. That's a lot of money. That's good. Okay. I feel a lot better now. That's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, all right. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Use you. Yes. Use your Roth. Don't don't borrow money. Okay, so if I use my Roth, now what they have said to me is I can use it and I can turn it back in. If I give it back in 60 days, Yeah, if you give it back I in can, 60 days, um, but if you're going to do that, just sell the house. I mean, I'd delay the closing if you can. Um, but, yeah, versus taking out a HELOC, I'm taking the Roth. I'm going to use the Roth, yeah. Even if you just use it and it's just gone. I mean, it's not gone because you're going to get it back out of the house when you sell it. But, um, yeah, your net worth didn't change. You didn't spend it. Wow. This is the Ramsey Show. It continues to amaze me how identity thieves keep finding ways to use our own identities against us. Not only do they commit crimes related to financial fraud, medical ID theft, and insurance benefit fraud, but now we have to deal with home title fraud. Thieves are using your own personal info to take ownership of your home so they can take out loans and you end up with a pile of debt and foreclosure notices. Over 4,000 data breaches happened in 2018, exposing 3.6 billion records. So thieves have plenty of identities to use and there's a one in five chance it will be yours. That's why Xander Insurance is the only program I use and recommend. Their plan covers all types of identity theft, and it takes over all the work if you become a victim. Visit Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. Ken Coleman, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Ashley's in Greenville, South Carolina. Hi, Ashley. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, Dave. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. What's up? All right. So my my question is a business-related one. Um, last, not this past September, but the year before, I purchased a bakery that was eight years old. It was a mom-and-pop bakery for about $105,000. Um, it was really small. Over the year, we improved it. Um, we did some renovations on our own dollar. We didn't 
um, pay for them. Um, and unfortunately, it's not been it's not been successful, and I'm having to close it. Mm, um, I'm sorry. My, that, that's okay. It's it is what it is. Um, and my question is: um, originally, my landlord, I have five more years left on the lease. My landlord said that's fine. You can I'll let you out of it, um, and that was great. However, um, I he called last last week and asked me how things were going, how things were moving out. And I mentioned that I was moving some of the equipment out. Um, he was under the assumption that the equipment that was built around um, the space that was built around the equipment he owned. Um, however, the couple that I purchased the bakery from actually sold it to me. I have purchased documents for it. Um, and he is holding my equipment hostage by not letting me out of the lease unless I leave the equipment. Um, I am... I have considered, I've looked up um, Chapter 7 bankruptcy because that would give me 60 days to assume or reject the lease, of which I would reject the lease. And then my assets, including the equipment, would be sold to pay off my debts. However, I do not have any debt for the business. It's an LLC, and I decided to get out of the business before I went into debt. Who so signed, who did you is, sign the lease personally? I did, yes. Okay. The lease is not in the LLC's name. It's in your name. So It is. It is in the LLC's name, yes. Oh, did you, did you guarantee it personally? Yes. Okay. Doesn't matter. It's, it's your personal lease. You're personally liable on the lease is what you're telling me. Okay. Right? Yes. Okay. And uh, how much is the lease payments monthly? Uh, they are currently six twenty two forty. They go up by a certain percentage every year, starting in October. So, okay. if so, you have agreed, five years of seven thousand dollars. So, you got somewhere around thirty five thousand dollars exposure, right? Correct. What's the equipment worth? It's it's less than ten thousand dollars worth of equipment. So, I'm why do you if I want it? Swallowed. Because I'm hopeful that I can maybe start it again one day, and it would relieve some of the startup costs down the road. Do you have any money? Um, I have about $20,000 in personal savings, and that's about it. I sunk all of my um, all of my life savings into the first business. If you were going to buy this equipment right now in your situation yeah. used, what would you be willing to pay for it? If you found it on the – um, let's say you let him have it, and the next day you walked into a garage sale and you found this same piece of equipment sitting in someone's basement – what would you buy it for? Or would you buy it tomorrow or would you wait till later? Um, I that's a really great great question. Um the one piece of equipment that's really ha- I'm hanging on to is um the oven because it's an old oven and the old ones are the best because they don't And you found um, it in someone's basement tomorrow pay. at a garage sale, what would you pay for it? I would pay probably upwards of a thousand dollars for it. One thousand dollars. Correct. Okay. All right. So um, I think you can sit. Uh, number one, the first thing you need to do is with this landlord, you need to sit down in person. Yes, we are. We're meeting on Wednesday. Good, good. Because you're an honorable person. I think he's not a dishonorable person. As a matter of fact, he's got a lot of mercy. He's just letting you out of $35,000. He's already got someone lined up that he will charge. He's letting you out of $35,000. That's not a bad, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not a bad guy. He could have held you to it uh, for a thousand dollar oven. I mean, it's not a bad trade. So, 
at the end of the day, if I have to negotiate away the thousand dollar oven in order to get out of a five thousand thirty five thousand dollar exposure, it's gone. He can have the oven. Mm-hmm. But I would ask him about it and just say, listen, I, we've honestly I think you're an honest guy and you think I'm honest. And we're just had it. We just did not have alignment on this one subject. Uh, would you be willing to sell me the oven? Because it's the only piece I'm particularly interested in at a, you know, at, at whatever it's at salvage price, which is probably 500 or a thousand dollars. That's the only thing that I care about. And the rest of it is I, I care about getting out of the lease. Could we work that out? Yeah. It, uh, it still just gets me that I've already bought the oven, so I don't want to pay him for it. You're missing the part where you got out <laughs> yeah. of a $35,000 liability. That probably gets him that the tenant he had just decided they weren't going to pay. Yeah, but he's wanted me out of there since I signed the lease. Because he can charge double for the people that have already lined up for it. Okay. Um, you do what you want to do. That's what I would do. I would consider this a blessing. And I would... Um, in a horrible situation with a heartbreak, um, I'd let him keep the oven or I'd give him a thousand or 500 bucks for it and get the documents signed to completely relieve you of any liability LLC or personal further on this lease so that he can go forward. Um, I guess if you want to play hardball from a negotiating standpoint, you could, because it sounds like he's chomping at the bit to get you out of there. And you could just yeah. say, you know what? I think I'm just going to give you another 600 bucks and stay here a while and make him lose his potential tenant. Cause you keep paying. Yeah. If he doesn't, you okay. know, if you, if you won't let me have the oven, I think I'm just going to keep paying the rent. Cause I think the oven's mine. I've got a bill of sale for it. And, but yeah. I, you know, honestly, I, I personally, wouldn't do that. <laughs> I personally would. This is a horrible thing you're going through. It's an emotional thing you're going through. The failure of a business is a, a crisis of identity. Anytime I close a major area that we tried here at Ramsey, it's me admitting that I was stupid, and I hate admitting that, yet sometimes I am stupid. and But I get the opportunity running a business to admit it occasionally, and um, it's not fun. It's really not fun. I'm sorry. It really is emotional. Um I wouldn't screw this whole thing up over a grand. I promise you I wouldn't. You're going to lose that the first time you meet with an attorney. They, they, they charge you $1,000 for driving past their office. Just like it's a drive-by fee, you know? I mean, it's like, yes. Well, I think you made a very good point that she fails to see. Obviously, there's some tension there, and she feels like, well, he has somebody else lined up. I found him. She mentioned that. So she feels like she's doing some good, but the, the, we cannot forget the fact that this guy is going to let her out of $35,000 contracted commitment. You now, can't here, forget a, that. I, and I could be wrong, but maybe the new tenant needs the oven. I think there's a reason. This guy is not a jerk. I think he's like, you know what? I'll let you out of 35. I'm going to keep the oven. <laughs> That's a pretty fair trade. You know, you it's said. a tenant improvement, and you're walking away scot-free. Yeah. And so um, if I were the landlord on the other side, even if I had another tenant lined up, I, I would think that's a fair deal. I think it's a very fair deal. So um, it's up to you, though. You can do what you want to do. Let me ask you this, Dave. You could drag it out. If he's got the other tenant and he could lose the other tenant by you delaying him, that's a way to screw with it if you want to do it. But do so at your own peril. But I was going to ask you, because you've you've been a landlord. You are a landlord. If she hacks him off in some way or just starts negotiating, he's like, wait a second. I'm letting you out of this deal, and I don't want the stinking oven. And he gets he could hold her to this contract. and and hold her to the $35,000. He could put her in some real trouble. But she says that. He's got somebody wanting to pay double. So, right. 
you know, it, that's the, the leverage back and forth. I don't know. I mean, to me, that's almost irrelevant, though. It's what, what the deal is to you. Yeah. Okay. The deal is you personally put your pen to paper and said, I will pay you $35,000. And he says, hey, you brought me another tenant. I'll let you out. That's an act of mercy. It's not a, it's not a legal requirement or a moral re- or an ethical requirement. Um, and, you know, if he misunderstood and thought the tenant improvements became his uh, as an act after the act of mercy, then that's something you can discuss with him. And I'm recommending you discuss it, but wouldn't push it too hard. It's a thousand bucks for 35. It's a good trade. This is the Ramsey Show. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, is my co host. Hey, guys, if you like the show, we need your help. Help! Click the subscribe button and follow, subscribe to the show on YouTube or on podcast. Click the follow button on YouTube or on podcast. It changes everything if you do that. In addition to that, uh, click the share button or click the or cut the link out and share the link. Um, I pulled a, uh, a a a poignant thing off of Instagram this morning that I stumbled into. I'm not on Instagram very often, but I sent it to my wife and said, "This right here, this right here." See, all what I do, I just click the link, the share button on it, and it sent it right over there. So you guys can do that. It helps us a bunch because we're not spending 300 million a year on uh, football stadiums like Survey. So, um, excuse me, um, but the. Um, the uh, yeah so we don't we don't have that option we're just uh regular folks doing a radio show podcast youtube thing where we help you and since you don't pay for this one way you can help us is share it follow it subscribe it thank you oh and five star reviews are helpful too all right kelly's in charlotte north carolina hi kelly how are you hey dave how are you thanks for taking my call sure what's up um, so I was calling, um, I left the healthcare field almost four years ago, um, and I've been a stay-at-home mom since then, um, and my husband has been the um, sole uh, income provider, and I have felt the need all these years to keep up with all my medical credentialing, paying for the licensing, and the continuing education, um, but my husband feels like it is a security blanket that I am keeping because I really don't have a desire to return to the medical field. Um, but I tell him that it is not, it's a low cost, uh, well, not low cost, but it's a good thing to keep investing in, in the event that something were to happen to him. What, what is I your, were, what do you do? You're an MD, a nurse, what? Yeah. A physician assistant. A PA. PA. Okay. What does it cost annually to maintain it? Um, around four hundred dollars. Correct. Yeah. So absolutely what, yeah, keep that. Yeah. But I want to know: is That's he right? Weird. Is he right, or is he wrong? Is this a security blanket that if something were to happen to him, or do you have your in the back of your mind maybe one day when I when I done getting the kids launched that I want to get back into it? What where where do you fall on that? I would, I would, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to disagree with him that it's a security blanket. I tell him that my concern, and maybe it's because I worked in the ER, um, is that, you know, if something happens to you and I'm not worried about you dying, I'm worrying about you living, but being disabled and in a nursing right. home for a long time, that's sure. always like the argument we have. Because but is it both and? I think it's both and. 
I think you're smart for saying right. that part, but I think you're I think you're open to maybe getting back into it one day, or at least to the point that you'd like to have it as an option. Is that true or false? I would be open to an option, but just not the area of medicine that I left. Okay, right. But, but so here, should you but keep the way it? I look at it is you you invested a lot of time and money to become a PA. You lose it all for four hundred bucks. No way. Okay. Yeah, because it's a, it's a lot more work to go back. Yeah. Yes. Get- it's a pain in the butt. You got to go sit for the boards again. Yeah. 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 Not a chance. Okay. I'd absolutely keep yeah, it. Yeah, I'm I'm absolutely keeping it. Okay. I kept all of my licenses for a long time. The only one I now have is my real estate license. I've had it since 1978. Uh, but and we actually actually use the real estate license. It's tied into our Ramsey Trusted program. So technically, I have a need for it uh, today. But I dropped all of my others, uh, the securities license, insurance license, all those kinds of things, uh, after I got on the radio because I didn't want any of those industries or regulators telling me what I could say. So me dropping that was giving them the middle finger so I can tell a bunch of these insurance people to stick it, which is perfect for me. So it was easier for me to drop it and better for me to drop it. But prior to that, I had not been in the securities or insurance world in years but those tests are hard. Insurance is not. It was a joke. But the the dadgum securities test like taking a CPA. And so I didn't want to sit for that thing again. I, and so for 100 bucks, 200 bucks, I could keep that license active even though I was no longer in the business. I got the only reason I dropped it again was I didn't want to be regulated by those doofuses. So um uh but the uh and I'm not going to be selling securities anymore obviously. But the the uh, that that's the same kind of thing for me. I would keep it on that basis, uh, regardless of whether it's a security blanket, regardless of whether you're going back to work or not. I wouldn't lose all the work you did for four hundred yeah. bucks. Okay. If that it was four thousand, we'll talk about. Is it. he that tight, or is he just like this is silly to be well, paying this? I think he just he thinks it's just silly. I mean, he we've done SPU. We're on baby step seven. I mean, we're doing good, and I oh. see like where he's coming from with that but it's you know Tell you him. might want to go on the mission field and yes. the pa would be handy yes yeah absolutely i like so it I, I mean, this is a yard sale okay. you know what you did just say you're so tight man we're on baby step seven i'm gonna do one yard sale a year and take care of this <laughs> i'm gonna sell all the clothes you don't wear honey and 100%. pay for it this at consignment sale 400 bucks that suit that's been hanging in the back of your closet for seven years you've not put on darling Good i'm gonna call. sell that that's what i think you do i'm selling his clothes he'll never bring it up sell again. his clothes he'll never bring it up again that's true <laughs> he's on baby step seven but i, I appreciate it he's it's like he, that dude does not like the waste great money. discussion four thousand yeah. dollars might trip my trigger but 400 doesn't <laughs> eric is with us eric's in oklahoma city hi eric how are you hey hey dave how are you guys better than we deserve for sure what's up perfect well hey my wife and i we're kind of battling the idea of a few financial decisions um, between paying off our student loans keep saving to buy a house next year? Do we invest more? How much do we keep saving? And so we're really just kind of feeling a lot of outside pressures to different decisions and what we should do. Mm-hmm. And we're just re- not really feeling clear yeah. on our next steps and decisions. And, what and consequently, you're not getting really great traction on any of them. Right, right. Yeah, lack of focus mm-hmm. does that. It disperses the energy. Right, right. And so right now we're just kind of, we have so many options. We're, we're doing 
pretty good financially. Um, we don't have any debt. Uh, Honey, you have student loan debt. debt. Yeah, besides their student loan okay, debt. Okay, that's debt. How much student loan debt have you got? 200000 Good God. <laughs> Jesus, <Yeah>. Murphy. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have much debt. We're really doing good. I've only got 200000 is too. That just came out of your mouth. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, What's I'm your like, household uh, income, sir? We are making about 130000 a year combined. What do you all do? So I am a film director. Uh, I, I specialize in uh, the film space, uh, video space here in Oklahoma, and my wife is an attorney. And that's where the law that the law degrees are the two hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah. Why does she not make any probably, money? So she makes about a hundred and five thousand a year. Oh, so you don't make any money? Okay. <laughs> just just about. It's my mm-hmm. first year uh, doing this, uh, so we're hoping for. We're seeing some good growth so mm-hmm. far toward the end of this year. So you I'm guys are, how old are y'all? 26? I'm 30 and she's 27. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, um, and you're new to this whole Ramsey thing, apparently. Yeah, we've, we okay. took a course through our church last year with you guys. And uh, it's where we learned a lot of kind of. You to took Financial Peace University? Yes, correct. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. You flunked. You got to go back. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because we taught you in that a thing called the baby steps. And yep. it said, don't buy a house until you're out of debt. You remember that one? Yep. You do remember that. And it said, uh, we're not investing until we're out of debt and have an emergency fund in place because we work the baby steps. Baby step two is become debt free, everything but the house. Three is an emergency yep. fund. Four is investing into retirement. And that gives you the focus and the clarity that you're looking for that was in that class and that's what we teach and that's what we've taught 10 million people to do and that's why it's a proven plan to financial fitness y'all have a mess dude you need to clean up your two hundred thousand dollar mess yeah just a little bit that's what i'd be focusing on it's not a little bit you need to quit minimizing it it's you have a dadgum big old pile of manure right in the middle of your living room two hundred thousand dollars is a lot of student loan debt So you need to work on that. Let's get that cleared up, and then we'll build an emergency fund. Then we'll save up for a house, and then we'll start our investing. That's your order of attack. Don't think you're going to do it, but that's what you should do. This is The Ramsey Show.